in almost all of reality. Like, if you really accept it, you're gonna come to realize like, you have moral beliefs right now that could be not true, right? Mm -hmm. And so are you gonna base your decision that you don't wanna believe in like a creator just off of this moral thing that you could be wrong about? High quality content for mm. high quality king. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we can go, we can do it at the same time. What's, What's up, up everybody? Welcome, Welcome back, back to the Thing You Think You Know Your Church Podcast. My, my name is Ethan and my name is Jerry. <laughs> I need a different emphasis. Any first time listeners are having a heart attack right now. I gotta remember intro. you always say to the Things You Don't Hear in Church Podcast. What's up, What's up everybody? Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church Podcast. Whenever I listen to it and record or like listen back when I'm editing, I'm like, that too is too sharp, man. I need yeah. to chill on that sucker. Hmm. But anyways, guys, go check us out on social media. Go check us out on YouTube. Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, TikTok. And if you want to support the show, help us buy a new camera. Mm. You can follow this Venmo link right now mm. and send us some money. We need about $800 and we already got some money sent from the last time we yep. put this up. So thank you. You guys know who you are. Yeah. The quality doesn't look too bad on the iPhone, I don't think. But it's like when you zoom in to try to get clips and stuff, you can tell it's like grainy. Oh, it's like that on YouTube. Yeah. It records like hd it looks like it's hd right now yeah but once i drag it in to edit it's like nope it still looks pretty good on youtube but like mm. when you zoom in it, it looks it definitely looks like a little blown out so yeah yeah be helpful so we try to make high quality content for mm. high quality king you know what i'm saying mm. that king jesus <laughs> and high quality <laughs> listeners and high quality listen do you want to watch good content from us then you need to pull your that's all funny. Guilt people into giving. Yeah. I hear that's what pastors do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Seems to be working for them. <laughs> you see a pastor roll up with like a, a new Tesla and you're like driving your 2003 Honda Accord that's mm. all rusted out. Look, there's there's two methods to getting people to give that works for those pastors. There's guilt and then there's promising them heavenly returns mm -hmm. as well. We just mm -hmm. got to start promising heavenly returns. There you go. And there Either we go. Either way, it's sin. Yeah. So maybe Have you not, not read Malachi? How like, you know? Clearly, your storehouses be, are going to be filled up. There might be. I, people always say, like, that's not for us. But also, 2 Corinthians, this will be a fun topic before we get into the other thing, if we want. I don't know. But for 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians says, all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. So I always took that as, like, anything that you see in the Old Testament as a promise, that's a blessing for the people, is yes and amen in Jesus. So if, the, if God's like, if you tithe, I will pour out blessings from heaven on you. I'm like, I think that's a true statement. That's not why you tithe. If your heart to tithe is, I want to get a lot of money. Oh, God man, sees man. that. God's like, you ain't playing me. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily also, take that from those verses, but I think that's a good principle to live by. Like, mm -hmm. I think, you think God's not going to bless you if you, like, do what he says? Right. That's what he says to do. So right. you should do what he says. Some like people say, Jeremiah 29 11 is not for you. I'm like, okay, but it says God has plans for hope in a future. Oh, okay, but you think heaven's not hope in a future? Yeah. Like, checkmate. Anyways. Got him. That's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> Get your exegesis out of here. <laughs> yeah, so today we're talking about, as you can tell from the thumbnail, most likely, why you clicked on this video. Um, we're talking about how to evangelize to, you know, people who are lgbtq or even people who bring up that argument because i feel like in my evangelism i how do i say this i this is a bad way to frame it 
but I've almost never lost. You know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I have not gotten to good places with people in evangelism, but when it comes to trying to convince someone about the validity of scripture or the authenticity of the idea that God could exist, right? And that God would be Jesus or even the model of God that I believe in or a lot of the moral structures that I believe in. Like when people ask me questions, mm-hmm. I have an answer almost every time right? mm-hmm. just because I've studied it so much. So like around now, I, it's, it's pretty hard to ask me a question that like I couldn't have somewhat of a thought out answer for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that every person I talk to becomes a Christian, but it does mean that I, I just, almost I've studied a lot, so almost. I can I can answer most people's questions yeah. when they're talking to me on the street. I'm saying almost though because the first couple of years I knew Dairy, and it still yeah. happens. I'd be I'd go out and do evangelism, and I come back and I'm like I share the gospel with a couple people, and they all turn me down. And he'd be like, "Awesome, dude! I talked to like 30 people, and they all got saved." And I'm like, "How?" <laughs> I start. I started thinking: Is he just giving a watered down gospel? How are all these people going to be saved? <laughs> then I went out with him, and he's not giving a watered go- down gospel. Yeah, the he's first the full gospel. The first like, eleven times we did evangelism together, someone got saved. Yeah, and then every time I did go people. with you, people didn't get saved. I thought, what is happening? There's a blessing. The Lord has just anointed Derry with with reaping. He's like, look, y'all need to be friends. This is how it's going to happen. You're like, Ethan, you're going to sow. No one's going to listen. <laughs> Derry's going to reap. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So. Uh, I've just gotten a little better at answering people's questions. Now, mm-hmm. we're not talking about models of evangelism right now. So, mm-hmm. but just to give people an example, not an example, but like a, a, not an overview either. Just like all of evangelism isn't convincing people to be Christian, right? Like there's a lot of other methods of evangelism outside of intellectually convincing someone, right? Mm-hmm. You have people experiencing God, praying with them, you have healing, you have just explaining the gospel in itself, yeah. which isn't a purely intellectual pursuit, right? This is just how I work more when it comes to people knowing God, because most of the time I'll tell someone the gospel and they'll have questions. I'm like, okay, well, I need to answer the questions now. Mm-hmm. So that's just where it leads to, right. like just normally. Right. And so I've gotten a little better at doing that. But the one thing that people will bring up that's hard to answer is surrounding LGBTQ like topics in mm-hmm. the church and mm-hmm. around that. If people bring up almost any other hard topic for Christians, knocking it out of the park most of the time you know what i mean mm-hmm. pretty easy to answer even if people are like well there's pastors sexually assault people all the time and i'm like well as, as this pastor god like you still believe in god and go to a different church and stuff like that mm-hmm. um or, or a variation of that answer or mm-hmm. someone abused me like you can talk about that like much easier than you can talk about someone saying well i'm gay and god doesn't like gay people right um, or god right. won't allow me to be to be gay it's a very personal moral issue the person has and there are almost no good answers to it when it comes to that evangelism situation and convincing the person that they're wrong, right? Because to convince that person they're wrong, you have to convince them that their identity or the identity or worldview they think is correct is completely wrong, which I guess is what you're doing in any evangelism situation anyway, mm-hmm. but it's something they hold much tighter than yeah. than not, right? Yeah, and it's like in our culture, sexuality is such a big thing for people's identity right which i've heard some arguments like maybe we shouldn't hold our sexuality so tight yeah you know we're not only sexual beings Mm -hmm. which i think there's a conversation there but even christians do it because they'll be like i can't really be fulfilled until i am married and can have sex and it's Mm -hmm. like well yeah that if that's what you're hoping for you gotta you're idolizing marriage you know you need to chill on that 
or probably actually idolizing sex and your vehicle for it is marriage you know so there's a discussion there but yeah it is this thing where it is funny where you say like yeah maybe every time we do evangelism we're telling the people they're wrong because that's exactly what we're doing Mm -hmm. and that's why sharing the gospel in nature can be offensive yeah and we shouldn't not do it because it's possible that it's offensive we just need to learn how to you okay yeah i tried to sneeze (laughs) we just need to learn how to do it with tact yeah you know if you're going to do something that's offensive and it's commanded to do it Mm. so you want to do it gently it's like a doctor is might offend someone by saying hey man you got this tumor we gotta get out that's gonna make someone mad yeah but they gotta learn how to deliver with tact yeah you know and so that's what they do i saw a tiktok a couple days ago this is so off topic but it was like uh, this guy was like, I'm a Christian barbarian. He's like, that's how I define myself. Barbarian? Barbarian. And I was like, and I was like, what does that mean? It's a granola and, boy. And he's explaining it. And he's like, in the Bible, like people were like unoffended about how they like uh, represented God and how they like went to war for him. Mm. And he's like, they were unafraid and uh, like in any face of any circumstance. Went to war for him. Yeah. And, and he's like, so I'm going to be unoffended and I'm going to call myself a Christian barbarian. I'm just going to be totally unoffended like for christ and say truth no matter what people think about it oh my god i was like oh wow then you're not gonna have a lot of friends yeah <laughs> like, Good luck you're, you're not gonna represent we'll christ see, well, i want to see how it goes i gotta move the thing i just threw over there because oh, yeah. it's on my leather wallet yeah. and it's wet go for it <laughs> so i think when i was talking about evangelism the uh like obviously you don't want to just like just do the intellectual thing all the time um but when it's when i'm talking about like not convincing somebody, but like the the worldview they come from and getting them to give it up completely. It's hard when someone has a, a well established worldview that is centered around like a couple of moral issues mm-hmm. to get them to change their mind on that because you mostly have to attack those moral issues. Mm-hmm. Um, where when you're evangelizing someone and the worldview you're trying to change in them is their belief or lack of belief in God and they don't have one or they don't have firmly rooted beliefs about it already um, or they're more open to having their beliefs changed, right? It's so much easier to get someone to be like, oh yeah, I believe God exists and then I believe that God is Jesus and I'm going to be a Christian. It's so much easier to do that with people who don't have like sincere beliefs already Mm -hmm. on, uh, what reality is when it comes to theism which is most people mm-hmm. they have some like oh i want to be a good person and like i don't really know why and yeah, right. <laughs> you know it's like that's like most people's theology when it comes to just life mm-hmm. in general and so it's easy to to evangelize those people mm-hmm. if you if you have some like what of a good framework yourself but it's really hard if someone's like oh i'm a devout muslim mm-hmm. and you're like oh it's gonna take some time mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. to to get through to this person or to make sense to them. And so it's the same thing for people who like have really strong LGBTQ beliefs because it's such a strong moral issue that as soon as you say, as soon as you bring it up or they bring it up, like almost immediately they're shut off. Yeah. It's so much baggage that comes with it. Yeah. That. Yeah, as soon as it comes up and they find out you're a Christian, yep. there's a lot of cultural baggage that they assume that you are bringing to the table. Yeah. And they're like, I don't want to deal with it. And they just shut down immediately. Yeah. And usually they'll walk away. And so it is very hard to evangelize to people who have mm-hmm. these beliefs and stuff and, and aren't willing to have conversations about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's hard because almost all of our culture would affirm their worldview. And so we're the minority in almost all those conversations. And it's like, a lot of people today don't want to 
platform or give a voice to uh, minority opinions on stuff. Um, and so it's, it's hard to have a conversation because people are like, I don't need to have this conversation because I'm clearly right. And, uh, and you know, if you disagree, you're not just like, it's not just that you disagree and you're a goodwilled human who disagrees. Yeah. It's the cultural narrative is if you disagree, you're oppressive. Right. And I know that most people probably don't think that. You know, your average person in this community probably isn't going to accuse you of being oppressive for mm. saying, hey, I disagree with your worldview. I'm happy they would. Really? I think- Around LGBT topics? Hmm. I can't speak. They for sure would say That's okay. The algorithm doesn't want us to say that word anyways. We can do like... <laughs> I've already been love. saying it. LVT, yeah, I don't know, whatever. LeBron James thing back communities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what I usually do. Yeah. yeah, no, it's fine. We don't get money off this anyways. Yeah. Whenever I see, whenever I see a flag, I always say, "Oh, look, LeBron." Um, but anyways, whenever I see a flag, I think God's promises. Amen. Nice. We we taking back the rainbow, <laughs> which I always thought like, I just, I know people are like, we gotta take it back, but I'm like, guys. If there's a yeah, that's just like the least of the concerns there. Yeah, you know, like might want to be more concerned that they're going to hell. Yeah, think back to flag. You Not, can't have that anymore. Disclaimer, or just to clarify what I just said for people. The only reason I think they're going to hell is because they're sinners. Just like I think everyone who's not a Christian is going to hell. Everyone is a sinner. Yeah. Yeah. Not specifically. There is like a large there is because the the what is it the the, not, the Westboro Baptists have kind of mm-hmm. said like all x are going to hell and it's like that's or god hates x right and i'm, I'm yeah. not saying god hates them i just want to clarify for the listeners mm-hmm. i'm just saying god they've anybody. broken god's law and there needs to be a payment and that payment is jesus christ but if they don't accept that payment then they will pay it themselves and that's true for everyone who's not a christian yeah absolutely so when it comes to these conversations we wanted to have a podcast where we talked about how to get to those good points with someone and hey most of you guys probably don't do just like cold open evangelism like we do pretty often. Which is fine. Which is fine, yeah. I think most evangelism is supposed to be done uh, boldly in your life with people that you know most yeah. of the time. Work people settings, you know or just conversations you're having with strangers. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't happen a lot, but you know, for some people maybe it does. Mm-hmm. If you're like an extrovert. And so, yeah, people at work, people asking you about your faith um, in social settings or just friends or whatever. Like... It's good to be able to know how to do evangelism. And I feel like this is the the area where I stay away from most of the time, mm-hmm. right? Because any other topic, like I said, I'm pretty good with. But when it comes to this one, I really hope they don't bring it up. I'm never bringing it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's only a lose situation for me most of the time because of how charged it is. And so, yeah, we want to have an episode on it so we can give our, our opinions and advice for people who are in that situation. Because what family member... Or what person in the world has not had a family member or a cousin or a close friend be like, well, I don't really want to be a Christian anymore because I identify as this now or because like you hold these beliefs and maybe I'm not a part of this community, but I believe like something about this community and God doesn't believe that. So I can't be a Christian anymore. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Like we, we all have had or are going to have a friend that does that. I've had tons of friends do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'm, maybe you, you have two, but you just haven't had that conversation with them, but you know, that's the decision that they've made. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We need to know how to have these conversations Yeah, and, and answer in a good way and not just be like, well, that's just what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we need to know how to, to go through this topic in a good way. Um, anything you want to say before we keep going? Yeah, well, I mean, there's, I think as we continue this conversation, we should bring up arguments that they will say to us and how do we respond to them. Um, 
But yeah, whenever it comes to approaching this topic, I, you you have to have some amount of emotional trust and like clout in the person's mm-hmm. life, or like relational things. So it's best to have these conversations with people that you're friends with or you've known or you work with where they can trust your character, mm-hmm. right? It's harder to have it with cold open strangers. If you mm-hmm. do, like I, I have in the past. Oh, yeah. Um, you just got to kind of set some ground rules for the conversation. Like, yeah. Kind of almost if like someone's like, well, what does God think about this? I always start if someone if ever someone says like, oh, that's we just had a glitch in the Matrix moment. Yeah. You ever see those like where the basketballs are running? Mm-hmm. Their basketball players are running. Um, basketball be running. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've had times where people are like, I'll just be talking about just the normal gospel. I won't even try to talk about it. Like the the topic itself, I'll just be sharing the gospel because that's the most important thing that they get the gospel. Yeah, you know Jesus will figure out the rest. Exactly. But they're like, well, I just have problems. It's like, what does God think about this? Like, Which is something people don't understand a lot of the time too. What? Like that Jesus will do the rest. Yeah. Like we don't trust him enough in that area a lot of the time. Right. Right. Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's fine because a lot of people also think like it's weird. Like Christians also have this mindset like you don't need to clean yourself up before you come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Which is true. But then we, when we come to Jesus, when people become Christians, there's this attitude of, well, now you need to start doing everything right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's not how we got, we didn't get saved by saying you need to do everything right. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like where Paul's like, look, you started in the spirit, you're going to continue in the flesh. It's not about works. Mm-hmm. But there is a huge thing about you need to be working. Grace doesn't free you from working. It yeah. frees you from earning. You just need to, you know. There's a whole conversation there. How do we yeah. like to work? But. We all have sinful practices and sinful uh, tendencies that we're all mm-hmm. like trying to get away from, mm-hmm. right? And some of them are, we have knowledge of them. Some of them we don't. And so just like for, for someone who becomes a Christian, like you can't just make them look like Christ immediately. It's a process of sanctification. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure they know what the Bible says, but there's a process of going from you know, this is how I live to like, okay, now I'm like living for Christ. They made that decision in their heart, but in your, it takes a little bit for your actions to line up yeah. with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, As you begin to understand why things are bad and why you should do certain things and what Christ says about this action or that action, like it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that's what the, the point of that sentence was. Yeah, like we, right. do we trust the Holy spirit to like, let people know this is, is like action is sinful or like, do we have to shove down their throat all the time? Right. Yeah. And that's another thing too. Like, yeah, whenever I whenever I share the gospel and this gets brought up, I'll tell people like, "Look, man, we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. We probably disagree, but I want you to know that's normal for our whole conversation. We've been disagreeing, mm-hmm. and so like as we talk about it, I understand that there's a lot of emotional cultural baggage that comes with it, and so I'd like to have a respectful conversation about it and just know that we're not going to agree, and that's okay. And mm-hmm. most people I talk to are like, "Yeah, that's fine. Like I I I know we don't agree. I'm curious mm-hmm. about your opinion." And, you know, you whenever you talk to people about the gospel, whenever you talk to people in general, guys, you should probably be nice, you know. And so I'm not going to, if someone's like, well, what is it, what does the Bible say about this? I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, finally, I've been thinking about this, you know. I'm like, waiting to talk about we this. We got a demonic culture that's doing this, that's a, it's like, the whole world is demonic in a lot of ways. Yeah. There's like child sacrifice going on. If you're not following me, you're against you know? me, too. What's that? If you're not following me, you're against me, Yeah, too. Jesus says if you're not following him, you're against him. There ain't mm-hmm. no neutral. Yeah. And so if we're so if someone's like, well, what about this? I'm like, that's a good question. Um, the Bible has a lot to, holy cow. Sorry. That's fine. It's like, the Bible has a lot to say about it. Let's talk about it. And I, I've started the preface of like, hey guys, this is the thing. The LGBTQ stuff that, that I, the, where I stand is that 
people in that community can be Christians, but Christians who are part of that community cannot be practicing those things. Mm. And that's not a big ask in the sense that it's what we're talking about is sexual immorality, mm-hmm. you know? And so the Bible commands us to not be, to, to be sexually pure, to mm. only have sexual relations in the confines of how the Bible outlines. And anything outside of that is where it gets wrong, and we need to repent for that. And the thing is, I always tell people in this community when it gets brought up, is straight people do this too, you know? Yeah. Straight people who are, like, sleeping around before they're married, if they're saying they're Christians, not acceptable. 100% need to repent just as much as anyone else. And so I always, I've said to someone, I had a, a, that's what I was going to share later, but I'll share it now. I had a really good conversation with this kid in Berkeley, California one time. And it was fun because they were listening to Earl Grey or Earl Sweatshirt. They were listening to Earl Grey's tea. They were listening to <laughs> Earl Sweatshirt. Yeah. And so I listened. And I was like, hey, yo, is that Earl Sweatshirt? They're like, yeah. I was like, which song is that? And we started talking. And then I told them, I was like, oh, I'm just out here like sharing the gospel and stuff, which I think they're probably surprised that I knew Earl Sweatshirt because I was yeah. out there sharing the gospel. But whatever. And they started talking. Like The whole group kind of like stopped listening. Except for this one guy was like really engaged in this conversation. He's like, well, what about like homosexuals? Like, does God hate those people? I was like, no, man. I was mm-hmm. like, look. That's dealing with like a sexual lust and straight people deal with a sexual lust and the Bible commands both of us to fight that. Mm. And so it doesn't matter how that sexual lust manifests. The Bible says you're supposed to master it. The Mm. Bible says that sin's desires for you. It's like crouching like a lion ready to pounce, Mm -hmm. ready for us to get off our, our off kilter so it can push us over, you know? And so we need to be on guard and aware of sin and fighting it. And that just looks different for different people. Mm. And it's kind of like we're on the same boat. We're rowing, but we're on different sides of the aisle. Mm. You know, and so I need to have just as much of the Holy Spirit helping me master my sin as you do. Mm-hmm. And I understand that's a bigger ask for people in that community because a lot of them will, will be like, okay, well, I, can't just, I just can't get married then. At least a straight person has marriage to look forward to right. if they get married. But it's like, yeah, I understand that's a, that's a harder conversation. But it's true. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I'm sorry. That's like, that's kind of what it is. Big deal. And the thing is, like, I can say that, but, and, and I would only say some of this stuff to, like, if I was talking to Christians, if someone mm-hmm. who's like a Christian was like, I think I'm gay, how do I deal with this? I'd be like, hey, man, like, you still got to die to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says everyone's called to pick up their cross and die to themselves and follow Jesus. Yeah. And if this is the cross that you carry, maybe God will, will save you from it. I've heard testimonies of people who, or gay becoming straight after they become Christians. Mm-hmm. Maybe God won't. We had Peter Volk on, and that hasn't been his story, mm-hmm. you know. But he's like, "Hey, this is the, this is my cross. I'm gonna carry it." And and there's grace of God sufficient for that. But there's also biblical examples of people having best friends that are like almost closer than that, like relationship. And so yeah. you can you can have deeply fulfilling relationships with people, yeah, and not yeah. be married to them as well. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's where like yeah, even. Yes, yeah, so our culture is like so obsessed with like sex and gender and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But even that just seeped down on what I said, where yeah. I was saying like, yeah, you just won't get married. But it's like the Bible doesn't say you need marriage to be fulfilled. Yeah. And Absolutely. so there's this like, yeah, there's this, you can have deep, close intimacy and be single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are the ways that people have in the past evangelized to people with like who believe in this kind of a thing? Right. Because I, I think they've been kind of destructive in the past and the cultural narrative has changed around them a lot. And there's mainly two ways. People didn't even bring it up is like one of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was just a culturally accepted thing that culturally accepted thing that like either 
people who were gay were either uh, God hated them, and so end of the conversation, right? Or, uh, and this is like the scientific kind of understanding back in the day, or evolutionarily, they were, they had some kind of disorder or disease, and like people didn't accept them anyway. And so from both sides, it was like a, well, just obviously, like, that's not like a good thing, mm-hmm. or it's not a natural thing. And so, like, we need to not do it. And so there wasn't a lot of even talk around it for Christians. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a thing you had to really address. It's like, well, clear what the Bible says, and it's clear what we think culturally, right? And so it wasn't hard to address, but now we have a much more humane view of uh, people who are attracted to the same sex, right? Much more humane view. And so it's it's now harder and easier to evangelize to them, right? Because you can humanize them. You're not hiding anything. It's mm-hmm. like, it's normal. We know people are this way sometimes, and God loves everybody, so it's not a big deal. If you want to become a Christian, right? It's awesome. You should, because he loves you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it is... Uh, it is hard, though, because it's a giant moral issue. And so what are the ways now that we can get into the, like, kind of the heart of the podcast? What are the ways now that we can evangelize to these people and have a conversation with them? Because for me, I've only ever had maybe two conversations out of like tons that I've had with people who bring this topic up that ended well at all. Hmm. You know what I mean? Almost every time I'll be talking to somebody and I'd say this is the average interaction I have. I can give you the whole interaction right now. 50% of the time, it's like, I'm a Christian. You want to talk about God or something? And immediately, they're like, no, it's okay. I like gay people. Wow. Or it's okay. I'm gay. Wow. You know, it's or it's okay. I don't want to be, uh, like, homophobic. And immediately, it's that. And they walk away. That's probably 50% of the encounters. Holy cow. Right? Because uh, it's just clear now. Because religion has become so politicized that like this is your opinion and I don't want to be a part of associated with that opinion so I don't want to hear about God mm-hmm. yeah the other like maybe uh, I don't know 30% is like I'll sit down with someone I'll start talking about God I'll get through like a God needing to exist why all the like different philosophical arguments right cosmological ontological like all these right mm-hmm. And I'll get through all those. The person will usually be like, yeah, that makes sense. I like that. I agree. I think God exists. And then I'll get to like Jesus and um, they'll be like, well, maybe, kind of. And then I'll go through the Bible and it's validity. And I'm like, wow, didn't know that. Makes a lot of sense. Could be true. And then they'll be like, as soon as they start getting convinced, I can see it in their mind. It's why they bring it up. They'll be like, they'll be thinking in their mind, that makes sense. What are the ways, like, what are the things that I have to change or like something Mm -hmm. like that? Like if I actually start to believe this, because I see the wheels turning in their mind, and they're like, "Oh, wait a second, I would have to change my view on like this topic." If I became a Christian, and I hold this so tightly and so true and reality to me that because it transcends my view of reality, it can't be true. So they'll mm-hmm. they'll immediately go to, "Well, doesn't God believe that like you can't be gay or you can't like go to heaven and be gay or they'll bring some kind of well, you physically objection. can." Yeah, but usually yeah. they'll ask a question about that. Right, right, right. And usually you respond with, yeah, well, celibacy or something like that, right? And the God loves people. And usually be like, well, okay, that's not good enough. I'm not going to become a Christian. And the end of the conversation right there, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. most of the time how it goes, mm-hmm. yeah? Um, at least when I'm in good conversations. Sometimes I'll get through all the previous parts of that, like the philosophical and uh, theological part with the Bible. And... Someone will ask the question and I'll answer. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. 
still like a really weighty thing to think about. I'll have to think about it. I've had those conversations like two or three times. Yeah. Right? So it's not the normal for sure. Is that your mm-hmm. experience as well? Or do you have like a different experience in this whole topic? Um, I get shut down a lot. One time I was like, hey man, you want to talk about religion, spirituality? Sounds like, are you one of those Bible people? I said, define questions. Bi- yeah, I said, define Bible person. He's like, I don't want to talk to you. Whoa. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. All right. I was like, well, all right. Um, yeah. And so, but when I talk to people you and I have good conversations, it does, yeah, if it gets weird, it gets weird around that, that topic that gets brought up. Yeah. Um, but I was just thinking as you were talking, it's interesting that in America we have this mindset like, if I'm a stranger and I'm talking to you about the gospel, mm-hmm. or you're talking to me about the gospel, and I'm having those wheels turning, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have this big problem, this moral dilemma. I don't want to accept it because I have to change this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut it down and not deal with it anymore. That's not, maybe it's the norm, but it seems like in other parts of the world, evangelism is a lot slower of a process than that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, if you're in the Middle East, you're talking to people who are like radical Muslims, and you're like, hey, your Quran says that that you... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just, I know you're trying to sneeze, but it was so funny. It hurts. I've had literally started the podcast, and I immediately had to sneeze. And I've been, like, trying to hold it back the whole time. It hurts my eyes. I was trying to keep it together, but I... Oh. Sorry, buddy. It's so funny. Oh, but keep in going. the Middle East, right? Like, evangelism is a lot slower. It's like, I'm going to talk to a staunch Muslim. I'm going to make a connection via Jesus, because we both love Jesus. Yes, and I'm going to ask them if they want to come over and, and look at Jesus' commands and just go through yeah. and, and learn about Christianity, learn about what we believe. And people be like, yeah, I want to. And everyone's open to just sit down and talk. And they know they disagree. Yeah. And they'll tell me, like, no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I was talking to this one guy in Greece who was a refugee. And, and he's like, Ethan, he's like, Christians believe. He's like, what is one plus one plus one? I was like, <laughs> what is one plus one? And he's like, okay, why do Christians say one plus one plus one is one? And I was like, Oh, you're talking about the, the Trinity. He's like, yes. I was like, yeah, that's true. It's, it's one. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you talking yeah. about? So like, he clearly disagreed with me. But we were able, we were sitting down for many hours discussing these things. Yeah. You know, and over that time, you create a friendship. And over that time, you, because of that friendship, you can more sharply disagree with, with love. Yeah. And, and people I, are going to immediately walk away because right. they have investments. Yeah. It's so interesting. In America, it seems like people want to make a decision so fast mm-hmm. and then move. And so maybe one of the ways we could have these conversations and one of the ways we could evangelize to them is as we're sharing the gospel with people and as those wheels are turning and then this moral conversation gets brought up, maybe that's a sign like, okay, hey man, I understand that this is a big topic for you. I understand that like it seems very close to your heart. Mm-hmm. Totally get it. It makes sense why it would be. How about this? Instead of you making a decision right now, mm-hmm. how about we plan a time to talk about this specific topic or even just look at the Bible together. Why don't you come over to my house? Why don't we meet for coffee? Why don't we Mm -hmm. do something where we have a sit down conversation so we can really iron this out? Because in this, you're going to class, you know, I understand you don't have all the time in the world. I don't want you to make this decision that's going to determine what you believe about religion Hmm. for your whole life based on this one conversation. This is a bigger topic that needs more attention. And maybe if you were to say that, then people could be, would recognize that oh this person does take it seriously they do want to hear me out they do want to sit with me in it mm-hmm. and not just have me change my mind and move on and because of that i can sit down i wonder how many people would be open to that conversation if you were like hey man 
let's that's a great subject that's a great question let's dock that for the time being mm -hmm. unless you have all the time like three hours right now right what's then, more important right what's what's what? more important than that conversation yeah yeah and right? you can jesus. say like, yeah yeah and like hey man like i want to get to the gospel i want to talk about jesus i want to talk about does god exist mm -hmm. and if we but let, let's just plan a time to actually go through this if you're really interested then people don't feel the pressure to make a decision mm -hmm. i wonder if sometimes people shut it down out of fear of this expectation like i gotta decide right now this person's asking me to decide right now i don't want to decide right now so mm -hmm. i'm done but if they were to be like oh yeah yeah i'll, I'll take like two days and we'll, we'll meet in two days and i have two days to think about it now it's likely that a lot of people might not show up mm -hmm. if they expect people won't show up because they got lives they're going to be busy they're, right they might really like the conversation one day and the next day they're like i don't care anymore yeah you know so people change their mind but i wonder how efficient or how effective that would be just to be like Dude, love that conversation. Mm -hmm. Let's dock it, talk about it at another point, and let's actually meet so we can actually sit down and really iron this out. Because I really, I don't want you to, I don't want to be disingenuous in how I present it, but I also want, I know it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And then maybe people will be like, wow, that, that's cool. I respect that. Yeah, it's good. And then you make a friend. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to myself and the tips that I would give people for having discussions around this topic, I'd say one, if you're just sharing the gospel, if you all, if at all you can, avoid like really deep moral conversations with people because they're just hard. They're more emotional. They're harder to work through when it's much easier to share the gospel and go to the person's need, like something that they need, which is God um, mm -hmm. and salvation and forgiveness uh, and that relationship much more than they need to be convinced that the way they're living is wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. It's much harder to convince someone totally that the way they're living is wrong and then convince them that Jesus is right. It's much easier to convince someone that Jesus is right. And then, Jesus and you can convince them that they're wrong or just Jesus. Yeah. Right. It sounds like what you're saying, because some people could hear that and think, oh, my gosh, Derry's saying to neglect deep moral issues when I don't know if the Bible says that Jesus always called out things and told people to repent. So we should, too. Mm. But that's not what you're saying. It no, sounds yeah. like what you're saying is it's not about the person going from LGBTQ to straight. Right. It's about the person going from sinner to saved. Mm. And it's like. That does require repentance, mm -hmm. but Jesus didn't tell people stop doing these things and then follow me. He mm -hmm. said, follow me. And as you follow me, he knows these things will, exactly. will stop. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so like, like we talked about that actually a couple of weeks ago when we said the Roman centurion, like he called the Roman centurion who was the oppressor to follow him. And he called the Jew who was the oppressor to follow him. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, stop oppressing my people and follow me. Right. He said, follow me. Right. Knowing that that will happen. So if you have a conversation with someone, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I'm just saying if you have an amount of time and you want to use it well, like, probably use it to share the gospel and not to bring this up, mm -hmm. right? But if someone else brings it up and they want to talk about it, I would say the, the thing I do immediately is like, hey, we could talk about these moral issues. But, like, the most important thing is does a God that created you exist? Like, mm -hmm. much more important mm -hmm. than any moral issue that you have like, would you want to keep talking? Because I know we're going to disagree about this topic. Mm -hmm. Far beyond that is if a God really exists that loves you, knowing him is the most important thing. Right. So can we have a conversation about that? If they say no, then, like, we can talk about the, the LGBTQ subject. Um, but it's much easier if they just want to go to that path. If we're not talking about anything and I'm just having an evangelism encounter with someone... I want to establish as much common ground as we can first. Cause just like you said, when you're making a friend, like they're going to be invested in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And so if I can establish common ground of a need that they have um, for Christ, 
then it makes it much easier for them to stay when we have a disagreement, mm-hmm. right? So if I establish, okay, this is why I think God exists, and they agree the necessity for a creator. And then uh, I explain why the Bible is valid and why Jesus is God and the miracles he performed and stuff, right? And how those are valid. The historicity of all of it. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that. It makes a lot of sense. Cool. Like I've established so much common ground that they're more likely to listen to me now and more likely to have more authority into their lives because I now can explain something that they might be just coming to know is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if at that point they bring up an issue, it's easier for me to talk about. I would say there are almost no good ways to talk about this with somebody. This is the only one that I'm about to talk about that can be kind of okay, Hmm. right? That can be somewhat palatable and understandable, logical for people. And it's still really hard because you have to deny what you think to be true to believe this. But if I'm having a conversation with someone and I've established all of these, these, uh, these things about God and the Bible, and then someone brings up this topic, I'll say, okay, well, this is what God says about it, right? And you know what God says, clearly, because you're bringing it up. And you know that we disagree. And this is what you think about it. Is it possible that you're not an absolute moral agent, right? And that you know what morality is absolutely right now? Because for all human history, people have always thought that. And the next generation has always changed a little bit. And the generation after that has always changed a little bit. And you can say right now, based off of your subjective perspective, that you think you have like you're the arbiter of morality and you think that you always know what's true, but, and maybe not that cocky, but Mm -hmm. just to be straightforward, like, but in almost all of reality, like if you really accept it, you're going to come to realize like you have moral beliefs right now that could be not true. Right. Mm -hmm. And so are you going to base your decision that you don't want to believe in like a creator just off of this moral thing that you could be wrong about? Like it's a pretty big deal. And so could you suspend for a moment in your mind that you know what's absolutely true and stop having this conversation, like to stop having this conversation with me? Um, or would you suspend like all of that and be able to look into maybe God is real. Maybe he does exist. Maybe my moral qualms with him um, aren't valid. And I need to look into this to see if it's true or not. Cause if, if, if truly God is true and it doesn't matter what I think about certain moral issues, it all matters is about what he thinks about them. Because if I truly think he's God, then it trumps my like subjective view of morality, which mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I believe things that are morally incorrect, right? Right. And so that's the thing I tried to go to most of the time because it's it takes the perspective off of, oh, this is just what I think or what my book says to like, oh, if you really believe in God, then you need to believe what he says is true because you just said you believe in God. Mm-hmm. And if he handed down morality to people, then even if you disagree with what his morality is, like you believe he's God, so you believe his perspective on morality is objective and yours is not. And so you can tell yourself, okay, I don't agree with this right now, but I'm not an objective moral agent. God is, so I'm going to submit myself to what he said, even if though I don't understand it. And it's easier to convince somebody of that than just immediately convince them, oh, just because I say so or because the Bible says so, like you shouldn't do this kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that I think kind of works sometimes, um, but it makes the most sense. It's just such a contentious topic. It's hard to talk about outside of that reason. Yeah. And and if people do bring it up, like you said, like when we do. <clears throat> Sorry to clear my throat. When we do have these conversations about faith with people and we're sharing the gospel and people are like, well, 
Oh, and then they bring up the topic, right? That's when you could probably go into it. It's not the most important thing to me to bring up immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to go to a center and be like, you know, you got to change your political view on this matter. Oh, of course, yeah. It's like, that's not... It's just if they bring it up. Yeah, if they bring it up, then I don't even actually use the Bible because they act, they they go to a lot... I use some of the Bible, but... Because mm. there's a lot of things they could argue with the Bible. Like, well, I don't believe the Bible is true, so it doesn't matter. I'm like, that's mm. fair. I'm not, I can't really use the Bible to tell you that the Bible is true then. Mm. But... What I do is I'll go and be like, okay, cool. Let me break it down for you in a way that I hope you can understand. Yeah. This is what I believe about God. That God is the source of all life, the source of all goodness. Bad things happen in the world because we go against God's will. Mm -hmm. If God is like a river, you know, a river goes one way. Mm -hmm. And if you fight that river, then you feel the quote unquote wrath of the river. But God's goodness is a river. And Mm -hmm. so it's one direction. It's constant. It's flowing. It's not going to stop. And so in that, there's goodness and there's life and everything about it gives life. Everything about who God is, is for, it's for life and it's for the um, flourishing of humanity. Mm-hmm. So if every human obeyed God 100% of the time, you would see radical flourishing across the board. Mm-hmm. You would stop seeing the elite be greedy you, and, and they would actually give to the poor. You, you just read Acts 2 where mm-hmm. it says... Everyone sold what they had and gave to those who didn't have, and everyone had, yeah. you know. It's like, <laughs> I was going to say something. It's like the communist utopia mm-hmm. that communists always say could be achieved, mm-hmm. but the problem is communism's uh, authoritarian and it's compulsory, whereas Christianity <laughs> is is voluntary. And so that, that idea of like, oh, everyone shares and everything has in common is only achievable if everyone voluntarily decides to do it out of their free will and good nature, mm-hmm. which is only had when you follow Jesus. I'm not saying Jesus is a communist. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. Jesus is, I don't think Jesus is concerned with our political parties. Mm-hmm. No, I don't, I don't think he's a communist. But all that to say, God is always, he's, he's incredibly concerned with human flourishing because mm-hmm. when humans flourish, they worship God and God gets glorified. Mm-hmm. And, and we were created to worship and love God. So when we obey God, we flourish because we're operating as we should. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so what I talk about is like, look, guys, let's think about this. Does this lifestyle lead to human flourishing purely scientifically mm-hmm. by all the metrics and studies we can do? Does it lead to flourishing? Let's not even look at the Bible. Let's not even look at the commands. Let's just ask does this lead to life and flourishing? One, biologically, it does not. You know, the, mm. these couples in these relationships are, are not capable of procreation. Mm-hmm. So one in that capacity, it's like, no, you can't have kids. So it doesn't lead to quote unquote life. But life is more, more than just having kids. Mm-hmm. Life is about fulfillment and satisfaction and happiness and joy and intimacy. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you Community. see... What's that? Community. Community. Yeah. So do you see that in these relationships? Uh, maybe in the short term it looks like you do, but a lot of studies show that um, couples in the LGBTQ community experience far more verbal, physical, and emotional abuse in their relationships. They have far more sexual partners than heterosexual counterparts, and it looks like there's so many metrics that point to this is not a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, look, you're like I think there's something like a hundred partners that average. I haven't looked into it. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since I did the studies, but there, there's incredible data to suggest this is not a life-giving or life-promoting or loving 
thing you're entering into. Mm-hmm. What it is is it's actually really hard, and there's a lot of depression, and which could be societally mm-hmm. induced. You know, there's, there's there's an argument to say that the a part of the or a part or a lot of the depression is due in part to how societies treat them. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a fair um, guess, but I don't think it stops there. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's a lot there where it's like I don't have to use the Bible mm-hmm. to show you that this is not probably the best mode of living. I can just show you the studies and mm. and show you how much abuse happens and how much like yeah, yeah. I don't know or even not even go to a negative place just going to a positive one and saying well look at um, a family when there's a mother and a father and how it affects children versus yeah. like to having two fathers two mothers and how it affects mm-hmm. children right yeah and just those studies I think I would go to first but yeah it's interesting. I, I saw I saw this little girl she was raised by two moms and she was being interviewed and so the interviewer asked her like do you wish you had a dad and she's mm-hmm. like or no, no, she brought up like something like, I wish I had a dad. And her mom, the mom, mm. the interviewer. I saw that. That was awkward. Yeah. yeah. The interviewer is very pro this lifestyle and probably more feminist. So they're like, no, mm. no, man. So she's like, but your mom is like pretty strong, right? She's like, yeah, but my uncle's stronger. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> immediately got her. And, and it is just like children. It, it, this is like unequivocal human biology science for as long as we've created. Yeah. That humans flourish, flourish when they're raised by a mother and father. Mm-hmm. And in like a committed relationships yeah study upon study upon study upon study mm-hmm. shows there's better livelihood for the children when the father and mother together are involved mm-hmm. you know and so yeah there's that aspect too and so it's kind of like you don't have to go to the bible to say hey i don't know if this is a good idea mm-hmm. to say guys it's just not a good idea mm-hmm. now when it comes to people saying i maybe someone says okay i hear you i agree with that i see that it's problematic i can't change the fact that i am attracted to these people or I can't change how I feel about these things. That's when it's a little bit m- mm-hmm. more difficult. Yeah. You know, because I can say all the science and people are like, that's true, I get it. But I can't change the fact that this is still my situation. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, okay, yeah, let's let's work with that. Let's figure that out. Yeah. Oh, there's so many more questions about it. Like, why would God create me this way? Like, all of those kind of things that you have to go into and are, are deeper questions, not deeper, are different questions to talk mm-hmm. about, right? More, and very more, a lot more personal. Yeah, a lot more personal. But also not super hard to talk about, right? Like, when God created you that way, like, there's... Would you all, say you, you all said, of nature is messed up? You said you don't think or you do think? I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't think. Yeah. yeah, all of nature is messed up. We're not created imperfect. Like, God created us as human beings. The fall has has disrupted mm-hmm. how we're created. Now people are obviously created. Like, you wouldn't tell someone that, there was, that was created, like, uh, I don't know, with one arm. That, like, they were created perfectly, right? Like, clearly right. they have one arm. Right. Like, we know the, the base model of a human being pumped out of the factory is usually dose yeah. arms. Do- Dose arms. You know what I mean? And yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's like it's that you're not a bad person now. It's no like you're, just, you. you're disadvantaged. Yeah, no one's mad at you. Right? And so like there's a clear set for like how creation is supposed to be and mm-hmm. creation is messed up. So you're not created that way. It's just a happenstance of of the your life that you're in, your circumstances. Mm-hmm. Everybody has things that are that are not great about them. Um Yeah, anyways. So those are kind of our our things that we would bring up. Um for me, most of the time I would try to steer away from it. If we're gonna talk about it, I would try to put the conversation as much on God as I could and and less on their like subjective moral experience, right? And just like, could you suspend it for a second? And mm-hmm. and think about if God is true. Because if you can accept God, then if you could put down this subject and say, Hey, we could wrestle with this right now, but let's wrestle with a more important conversation on if God exists. And if he does, you could accept him and then wrestle with that later. 
mm-hmm. right? Because that's mm-hmm. when that should be wrestled with. Mm-hmm. Wrestle with now. Do you want to believe in Christ and, right. and his saving power for you? If you do want to do that, get saved, then wrestle with that with God, right? Yeah. And you can wrestle with me. We can talk about it. But like, let's talk about this more important issue first. If they want to talk about it right now, then we can go into the things that you talked about of like, you know, these studies and what is uh, like a better way to live your life and all that kind of stuff. But even that, like people are going to have so much pushback because those are going to be as hateful immediately. You know right. Because I mean? so much right. of our culture, just the baseline is to believe this kind of worldview. It's also our baseline is to like celebrate who you are. Mm-hmm. You can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Your opinion. And that's like, not just for the, this community we're talking about. That's like everyone. Yeah. Like I was, there's a commercial for, I think Wix, which is a website development app mm-hmm. where you can build your own website. And it was, the whole thing was, you can create your world. And like the whole commercial was like, have your website, your way. Everything's about you. Mm. You deserve it. And like, I was like, wow, this is bleeding, bleeding sin. Just like mm. saying everything's about you. Honestly, bleeding Satanism because Satanism says, do what thou wilt. Mm. And I was like, this is such a bad narrative. Like, and it's just about a website. It's not even a big deal. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you can see it everywhere. I've seen it's permeated everything. And so it's like, yeah. that's why you got to keep it focused on Jesus. Of like, I like what your, your method of like, hey, just suspend that for a second and think. Yeah. Can, is it possible God exists? Yeah. Because look, we're, we could, if we're going to talk about all of the moral differences we have in our worldviews before we talk about God, like one, why? Because it's not the most important thing, but also that's going to take us forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can talk about all of them. You want to talk about all the moral differences we have? Yeah. And like, because clearly it's not the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a lot of moral differences. If you're not a Christian, uh, or even in general, humans, we all have like slight moral differences in what we think is true. Like, we really, you really want us to agree on all of those before you become a Christian? Like, how right. about you just decide first if you believe in God and if that God is Christ, and then you can think about those moral like and, topics. Yeah. And also this idea that we have to agree before we can show respect or friendship is yeah. so flawed. I was just talking to the guy like the other day where I was driving Lyft and this guy's like very not sober mm-hmm. in my car and just about like, yeah, man, you just got to keep it real, bro. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. It is like Hawaii, a Samoan guy. It was, and I had, it was me and then the two guys in my car were a black guy and a Samoan guy. Mm-hmm. This Samoan guy's just like, doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, whatever, man. Like, as long as you're keeping it real. And I was like, that's true. You're right. And I was like, yeah, man, like we should be able to disagree on different things and still be friends. He's like, hey, man, that's what I'm talking about. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, like this idea that we have to agree before we can become friends mm-hmm. is is weird. It's yeah. easier to be friends with people you agree with because yeah. it's like an echo chamber. But it's really beneficial to be friends with people you don't agree with because you can, as long as you hold the respect for them, you can learn a lot. Right. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good. Yep. yep. So just love people. And, you know, there's a, there's good tactics you can use, bad tactics you can use. Yeah. Also, and through the whole thing, obviously, for every evangelism experience, rely on the Holy Spirit. You know, mm-hmm. use the discernment of the Lord to know, like, what is a wise conversation. How much equity do you have in their life to say certain things? And, and yeah. just you, you be wise. Exactly. Cool, y'all. There's obviously so much more to this topic. And I'm sure maybe you guys have stories you could share, too. We'd love to hear those. Maybe we can share them next time on the podcast. Um, we got a lot of really good guests coming up as well, about five mm-hmm. or six of them booked. So that's exciting. Got some good shows coming for y'all. So stick around. Um, again, if you want to donate to help us get a new camera, you totally can. Venmo link, all that kind of stuff. Check us out everywhere. We're posting videos, hopefully every day, for you guys to see uh, podcast clips, different videos, TikTok, 
YouTube, mm-hmm. Instagram, all that kind of stuff. So guys, if you like the show, uh, like, subscribe, all those things, and we'll see you next time.